Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Peter. Does your mother call you Stephen? Yes. Yes, she does. Uh, my mother calls me Peter, too. Yeah, well, she wanted a Stephanie, so that's why I'm a Stephen with a PH. She wanted a Stephanie. Yeah. Oh. 
Now, how how do I know you're the same Pete Wright that was here last week? Because, as I posted in Discord, there was a strange meteor that landed in Salem, Oregon. They couldn't find it. They were lo- they've been looking for it. People saw something crash. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the beginning of a weird Stephen King novel. Now, how do mm-hmm. I know you're not mm-hmm. pod people in the Northwest now? Well, look, you don't, Steve. You just, <laughs> you just don't. Okay. Uh, me and the pod people, we we just really lean in to the if you can't hide it, hang a flag on it theory of conspiracy. <laughs> and so we're here. We're loud. We're proud. Okay. <laughs> we, we rise up, pod people. Well, I didn't know if it was going to be pod people or if we need to get Andy on a plane up there to sing the Blob theme, theme song to it. To, he to doesn't lure it actually out of the need woods. to because I think we've decided North Phoenix is South Portland, so he could just drive. <laughs> okay. Um, we, uh, yes, I, I think what we've decided is that really, you know, if you look at pod people as a species, uh, really a, a rough facsimile of the original is just enough. It's fine. <laughs> Enough is as good as a feast. Do you really need all the original Pete? No. Pod Pete's fine. This, this ties in with enough. our is this tie in with our twin thing from a <laughs> Yes. Yes. That's okay. exactly right. It's, it's, you don't need to be an identical twin. It's just a close copy. It's a like po- the uh right. a pod twin. Like uh that was that was one of the, the nice jokes I liked in that Michael Keaton multiplicity where he like clones himself and then one of the clones makes a clone of himself and they said you know yeah. how you make a copy of a copy it's not as clear and that's the one that's sort of the not quite right clone. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's what they actually used to call me in college not quite right right oh. i get it nice. yeah that happens mm-hmm. hey this has been a great talk <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about movies, shall we? We we should maybe. Can we I don't know. can we start? Uh, can we start with T. S. Eliot because you're the expert <laughs> of, on T. S. Eliot and how okay. he's just. It turns out he's kind of a weird guy. Uh, yeah. Well. Oh, that's, see, that was that's the thing that I I never made the connection to cats. That's the one piece of T. S. Eliot I never really got into. I I think maybe in elementary school there was like. I don't know, we read one of those poems because, oh, it's for kids, it's about cats. And then I rediscovered him in, in college and grad school, who's like this like extreme elitist, racist guy <laughs> writing, you know, really dense poetry. He and Ezra Pound were just like these cultural elitists. And so then, you know, I'm like, yeah, he T.S. Eliot did cats. I'm like, what? Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. But now that, that we're nearing peak cats weirdness, it appears. And I, I know, did we talk about the weirdness of the trailer when it first dropped? Sort of the... I think all three of us, did we pick it as a trailer? Because I think all three of us were nervous about just even starting a conversation <laughs> about how weird that trailer looks. I think maybe it was just in Discord and it's just the conversations about Uncanny Valley. Yeah anthropomorphic cat suit people i don't know but it's just i i know the taylor swift song hit is there another it's around the corner and i just don't i don't know what's going to happen with this thing this fall or christmas or whatever (laughs) my my favorite line oscar director tom hooper's vision successfully united the internet in rapt revulsion as millions of eyeballs hate watched the likes of jennifer hudson and rebel wilson cavort bewhiskered through a neon lit netherworld that sounds about right (laughs) yeah 
and I'm a fan know. too. Like yeah. I'm a I'm a Cats fan. Like I like okay. the music. It's I, like why why am I gonna I, why am I struggling with with Hooper's vision? I'm struggling. <laughs> It because it's a drug induced vision. I it it's, just is weird. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's the well. Let's let's take a book. Let's adapt it into a Broadway musical, and then let's make that musical into a movie. And I are they because there there's just a lot of it feels like there's a lot of CG touch uppery going on in the cats, right? And. So I'm looking at these stills and the heads and faces are a weird combination with the ears that are, they they look CG'd together with the head to make a one. And yet they still have, they, they look like they're wearing unitards and, and they have human toes. And like, if you're going to go all in, just make them cats. <laughs> yes, because they like they're cats wearing with human sh- faces like that. Right? <laughs> no, but they walk around like people. They wear shoes yeah. and yes, they wear clothes and, and stuff. And one just, with spats and top hat. Yes, so it's it's like they took the I guess the the costumes from the Broadway show and just went full on CG with that versus. Yeah, I. They took all the worst parts, parts yes. of the and and <laughs> CG'd them to people to humans. It's. Very strange. Oh, well, so I guess this is our December Fillboard movie, right? <laughs> That's funny. I'm going to let you laugh that one off. <laughs> Your cat's induced hangover. I, uh, yes, he, so T.S. Eliot apparently would have approved. Uh, I don't know about that. It really, I, <laughs> I can't I, I love imagine this. it. He was a, a remote, remote tortured Nobelist with some unsavory views on Jewish and black people. That's true. That's putting it delicately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, it's... Uh, yeah. Thanks to uh, uh, Nick Langdon for that bit of distraction and discord for us to uh, to love. $300 million for this movie. That's the, that's the thing. That just I there's no way I can see this making its money back. I just well, you and you and I know. are going to have to see this movie a lot of times because I don't think anybody else will. <laughs> Everybody that wanted to see Cat saw it. I think it's been. I think my wife saw it a couple of years ago. It, you know, it came through. It was in in Phoenix. So I think people that have wanted to see it have seen it. So I I just don't know that like there's a generation of kids that are just like yeah we really want to see cats on the big screen. Uh, Yes, I have a feeling it's going to be like a Charlie's Angels, like, who's the audience? And there's nobody, and it's going to make like 15 million its opening weekend, and that's going to be it. <laughs> I have seen, uh, and and quite like uh, the King's Speech, obviously, and Les Mis. I am, a, I am a fan of Les Mis. I know that there are a lot of people who find that one as controversial, but I enjoyed that movie quite a bit. And The Danish Girl, uh, I'm a big fan of The Danish Girl. So I'm in Tom Hooper's camp, and I am, uh, and so I'm I'm nervous for, for him on this one. I, I hope this ends up being $300 million well spent. It's, it's weird. But, but he hasn't done a musical, right? Is that, what do you mean? Because this is adapting the musical. The movies you listed off. Oh, no. Les Mis is a musical. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. sorry. We'll come yeah. back around to that one. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. I guess no, there are I, people I who can make King's a case speech. against Les Mis. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's right. But you know, yeah, looking at his filmography, yeah, there's, it's, he's not like, um, oh, who's the one that did uh, like Chicago and Dreamgirls and uh, why am I blanking on? 
That was uh, who did Chicago, Steve? We like yeah. Chicago. We, How we, we haven't uh, done a show on that? Rob was a Marshall. Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall. Yeah. Yes. So the, who's done? Yeah, because he did Mary Poppins Returns, yeah, Into the Woods. He's a so legit somebody, musical, right. like song and dance guy. Into Ex- the Woods and Nine and yes. Chicago. Yes, definitely. exactly. So yeah. I, that's where I would expect somebody would have expected somebody like him to, to take on a project like this. But oh well. That's what, you know. That's what they say. Tom Tom Hooper is the new Rob Marshall. No, nobody. I'm says putting that. that. I'm putting that on a shirt, and I'm saying I'm going to put it in quotes and put Steve said this underneath no. it. Watch what you say, Steve. Shirts are the new thing. I, that's, my new thing. That's what I'm learning. We got the Sat Mate Sat Matt shirt shop going. That's right. So. You want you you want to get your OK Cinema shirt? You better get it because who was it that just copied or that just trademarked OK Boomer? Somebody just trademarked what? OK, are you OK serious? Boomer. I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, and so we got to get it before we're sued. Oh, uh, Fox yeah. News has filed trademark. What for? OK, Boomer, and apparently they're not the first ones to do it. Uh, yeah, R- Rupert Murdoch filed. Uh, never met an irrational <laughs> fear of the boomers that they couldn't exploit for cash. Uh, so Fox News did it, but somebody else did it. They're making a TV show. Oh, good lord. Um. Kevin Yen of Little Neck, New York, filed an OK Boomer merchandise trademark. That's the one that's going to get us. Yeah. Uh, William Grunfeld of Los Angeles filed a trademark for OK Boomer with an exclamation point. So OK Cinema, we should maybe we should just trademark that and oh, join gosh. the fray. Intern, get the attorney on the phone. <laughs> we right, have an attorney. Get, we're going to get okay. on that. We have a whole team. In New <laughs> Legal York, team. New York uh, attorneys. Um, we've got, uh, what else do we have? Speaking of the law, can we talk about theater ownership? Oh, I know. Cause Andy posted something about this and then it, it happened. So that the justice department filed that motion to terminate the paramount consent degrees decrees. This is one of those things where it's hard to say how things are going to go because times have changed. Uh, things are very different from, you know, they were in the forties when it came to, you know, distributors and, and theater chains and all that. And, and that's part of the argument that's being made is that now with streaming services and, you know, Netflix and Amazon, that they are saying there's no reason to believe that studios would or could reestablish the industry-wide horizontal conspiracy or cartel that was the basis for the original enforcement. Uh, but one of the things that, and I, yeah, I I can see that point of view, but one of the things that was prohibited by the Paramount decrees was this block booking in which theaters would have to take a package of movies in one license. So it's like, oh, you you want you want to have this? Uh, well, you're gonna have to take Cats with that, you know. <laughs> I love that you brought it back around. Exactly. That, was, uh, that was a great callback. Like, so you, well you, you, you want keep that, that last kind Star of podcasting Wars? up. Yeah. yeah. You want that last Star Wars movie? Well, we're going to throw this in there as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> you want Star Wars? You're going to have to take this Olaf movie. Come on. Yeah. yeah put it on the screen. <laughs> Olaf six. <laughs> Exactly. I yeah. So I don't. Well, and, I, and it gives them it gives them yeah. more flexibility not to choose films that they just don't want to choose, right? I mean, uh, you know, if 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 OK Cinema isn't part of a block, then the Irishman <laughs> yeah. just doesn't get played, right? Right. Yeah. And and I think that's in the in the spirit of streaming services. That's another one that's going to frustrate because when you have Apple TV Plus and Netflix and you know doing these original 
think they're never going to get we we're frustrated that they get 30 days in the in on the big screen they will just not get on the big screen yeah. if this is if if this happens yes so and and at the same time you can kind of imagine a um the disney owned theater chain right because you know they're going to buy up cinemark or uh regal and Suddenly, you have the soup to nuts production through distribution, and every movie is like a ride. You know, I can just I can't wait to get in for concessions and have the robots like, you know, in the corner talking to me like they do at, you know, on the Disney rides in Disneyland. You know, yeah. And And when I say I can't wait, I really can. (laughs) I can wait for (laughs) all of that. (laughs) Yeah. They can also, uh, so I guess the other piece is that, um, it says uh, film distributor may set minimum ticket prices in its theatrical licenses. So eliminating price competition between theaters showing the same movie at the same time. I don't know. Now, how much yeah. more do we pay to go to an Arclight where we get only three trailers and we, you know, have an experience that is a little bit more uh, positive uh, or, or let's just say viewer friendly? Uh, that's that's over. I will be curious to see how it plays out. It does say that there's they're giving it a couple of years. There's like a little sunset something going to a transition period in here. Um, a two year sunset period to allow the theater motion picture industry to have an orderly transition to the new licensing changes. So we we will see how how this plays out. Uh, I agree that, yes, the marketplace is very different than it was in the 40s. But that doesn't to, to make statements to say, well, there's no reason to believe that they would, you know, a conspiracy or cartel would emerge because we're you know, there's now no law against it, I think, is a. <laughs> A little naive. Yeah, a little bit. If anything, <laughs> the complicated, you know, uh, economic conditions of the movie that have transformed the movie industry over the last 70 years, using their words, have gotten even more complicated and have become inducements for this kind of behavior. And I think it is uh, it, it's delightful, fantastical thinking on behalf of the DOJ to to be, you know, promoting this. That, that this is that we're all okay. We've Mary Poppins our way out of it, and uh, we're we're going to be okay. That's it's ridiculous. I am not in favor, Steve. I know. Get the attorneys on this, Pete. Let me uh, let me talk to you about something else that I'm. I don't think I'm in favor of. Oh, how do you? Yeah, how do you <laughs> feel about uh, Michael Jackson movie uh, from Bohemian Rhapsody producer penned by John Logan? Well, I think maybe if they bring in the digital Michael Jackson, you know, <laughs> he'd better star a digital Michael Jackson. Why not? Since we're going there, for, I'm anticipating all biopics right now. Let's get the for, forget trying to you know yeah. make up somebody to look like a close facsimile thereof. Just bring in the digital likeness of Michael Jackson for the Michael Jackson biopic that no one felt we wanted or needed or. Well, it it brings or up which that question of, of Michael Jackson yeah. will get, and, and it sounds like get. this is the thing that that uh, you know I don't know from a from a but strictly a production standpoint. Here is here is what we're we're going to be covering. The film will cover his entire life and career, which includes his beginnings with the Jackson Five, a rise to pop superstardom, and later in life. Legal struggles with both civil and criminal lawsuits stemming from the allegations of child sex abuse. <laughs> Jackson died in 2009 at age 50. What? That's a that's a lot of Jackson. 
to cover in a single movie. Yeah, that's... And the other issue with taking this on, with with Bohemian Rhapsody, you could say the early starts, there wasn't... They weren't so present in the media. Nobody knew that story. It was like, oh, they were these big, you know, stadium bands and, you know, these great hits. But who were they? How did they get started? There wasn't a lot about that. Maybe there were some articles in Rolling Stone at the time, but there wasn't a lot of media coverage of those things. Whereas the Jacksons were always upfront and present in the media. So we always knew what was going on with the Jacksons. So this isn't a story that's unfamiliar to people of like, wow, I really wonder how they got started. Everybody knows that story. So what what is the need behind this? Because everybody's, I mean, his life has been picked apart in the media for decades. What this is going to add to that, I I don't know. What what new story we're going to get? There there isn't one. So all we're all this has the potential for is being ripped apart by saying, oh, it's it's sugarcoating these things, it's glossing over these things, uh, and and not telling the true story because nobody honestly wants to get in, into that. It's uncomfortable, awkward, and uh, there's nothing positive that I think can come out of this. Absolutely. Maybe, Maybe, you know, great soundtrack, but everybody's already got that soundtrack. Well, and is it easy for people who do know the story to sit back and listen to that soundtrack? Right. Is it easy for is it really easy to sit back and think, gosh, you know what I need is some good like Neverland era Michael Jackson in my ears right now. (laughs) No, no. And I can tell you in the. In the dance world, because my my youngest is a dancer, there was one, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, the studio, they do their, you know, sort of planning out what their shows are going to be for their, you know, uh, you know, in the spring, they do a big show, a company show. And one concept that they thought, you know, they thought about doing was a whole like Michael Jackson themed thing. And then they're just like, well, no, there's this. You can't do that. No, yeah. it's like, yes, everybody loved those songs, but no, you cannot do that to just have a whole, you know, Michael Jackson sort of centric show. It's just not going to be <laughs> present. Yeah, and they've, they've had to deal with some interesting choices. One, uh, they did a, uh, a sort of condensed version of The Sound of Music. And when they announced that, I thought, oh, my goodness, how are they dealing with the Nazis? Because these are elementary school kids. We're not having little goose-stepping eight-year-olds, are we? Yeah. Oh, no, that that whole storyline got cut out. So it was just really the love story. What do you take out of a Michael Jackson story to make it, you know, family-friendly and palatable? I mean, even in the— Well, you take you, out a lot of the—you take out all this, the the— you know, stuff that's come out since the pop superstardom. But even, you know, in in the Jackson 5, I think there was there it was not a pleasant family, you know, experience. No, it was there. it was, it was abuse abusive. And, yeah. Exactly. So even that, uh, what what do you where do you go with this? It's just not. Uh, yeah. It, to tackle the, the serious subject matter for adults, it, you're not going to have the audience that's there and to make it something fun that kids are going to enjoy. You're just totally glossing over the, you know, the essentials of the story. So yeah. I, it's one of those things that, you know, if they, it could very well hinge on who they get to transform themselves into Michael Jackson. Who's going to take, who's going to take on yeah. that role. That's right. why I say you're going to have to have a digital Michael Jackson because what actor, I mean, an ambitious unknown maybe, but you're, branded for life then. yeah yeah uh. so that's fun hey want to talk about something else fun 
You remember that trailer pick <laughs> that let's was yours? About, <laughs> let's talk about the, <laughs> telling the real story. Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, that Apple is deleasing, de- delaying, deleasing, <laughs> de- delay, delaying the release. That's the deleasing. The delaying the release of the banker because there are now allegations of all kinds of things that it's not accurate and that there are some uh, issues. Uh, with some of the characters in there in terms of, uh, what did they say? There were some concerns looking at this. Uh, and yeah, re- accusations of historical inaccuracy and sexual abuse at the hands of co-producer Bernard Garrett Jr. Yes. So, oh, I, dear. So I think, this, I mean, this is something that happened with Green Book, you know, where we got the family saying, whoa, 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 this is not accurate. Uh, and I think Apple's trying to get ahead of that, but they have now uh, delayed the release. Uh, it was also going to, so in theaters, and then it was going to be on Apple TV Plus in January. So that's being postponed. So now again, Apple picked this up for for distribution. Um, so the question is, how are they going to handle this hot potato? I, I don't know. Uh, they purchased it, you know, thinking that this is going to be a great educational story about social change and financial literacy. Uh, perhaps the best approach is to say, this is a work of fiction and it's no way intended to accurately represent these people. I don't know, but it, it becomes a, a controversial piece when you, again, how do you present history accurately? You know, are we going to have claim, you know, disclaimers on this Michael Jackson movie saying, well, Hey, this is, you know, a version of the story. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I, w- I was really surprised with with uh, Apple. Uh, I give them great credit for this of as this information came out of getting ahead of this and, and making some tough choices to say we need to think about this before we're going to release it. Yeah, this is a this is a tricky one. Uh, we you know the Green Book story dropped before they could get ahead of the story. I wonder had they known. Um, you know, long enough in advance, like in this case, the movie hadn't even premiered yet. They canceled the, the AFI premiere for for the banker. Um, you know, I'm I'm really on the fence uh, on this stuff. I mean, there are a lot of talented people who come to work on this movie, The Banker. And what happens to that? Um, you know, who, and, and can it be picked up again if Apple just decides to drop it? Right. Say Apple says we're not going to distribute anymore. Could Netflix step in Hulu and just say we're going to take it. It's fine. We, we're of a less uh, discerning, uh, you know, critical culture over here. We're going to go ahead and put this out. Even I, though yeah, we know. I don't I don't know if it gets shelved, you know, for several years or what they do. I mean, it it's similar to the film that was supposed to be released this fall. The Hunt that got pulled and is status is sort of unknown because that just happened <laughs> happened to be about, you know, well, it's based on the most dangerous game. And there have been several adaptations of that. Uh, but, you know, just in the, the climate and culture we have today, that that's just not a, a film that they're comfortable releasing. And I wonder if that's what's going to happen with the banker of it. It gets shelved because it's problematic. And there are, you know, there's plenty of films that hit those, you know, sort of Twilight Zone places where it's like, well, it's we can't we can't release it now. It gets shelved. You used to be able to just dump stuff to video, but that has become such a prominent platform now. It's not like, oh, it's just going to sit on a shelf in Blockbuster and maybe people might pick it up. Uh, there's there's uh 
ultimate access to everything nowadays. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to sort of bury it. There, there's no way to bury things, with, you know, in right. a release anymore. So. Uh, did you did you ever hear about Chaos Walking? The, no. It's an unreleased movie. It is a, a movie starring Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. And they made oh. it some years. It's about the, a trilogy, the Chaos Walking, I think, trilogy of books. And... Um, Apparently, it was one of those movies that it was shot before their careers blew up. So they looked younger. They weren't as popular. And it was one of those YA adaptations. It was supposed to fit right in with The Hunger Games and Divergent and, you know, the the whole thing. But apparently, uh, the movie was bad and needed reshoots. And (laughs) it was going to take three weeks. And they couldn't get the kids who are now becoming very famous adults as Spider-Man and Star Wars drop. And they couldn't ever get them back. And now that the kids have said, we want to come back, we'll go ahead and do it. They look so different uh, in the reshoots that they aren't (laughs) able to figure out a way to make them look believably like their original uh, young characters. And so this movie may be just literally terminally shelved, even though they have a plan and they just missed their window to get them back for three stinking weeks, uh, and and get the movie back on track. I think that's, uh, that's, uh, not related at all to any sort of political intrigue. It's just befuddling, uh, you know, Hollywood scheduling and it ate a movie. Well, there was also a film back in the, um, the mid nineties, uh, Don's plum with Leonardo DiCaprio, Toby yes. McGuire that hit some snags with release. And I think that one, I think it ended up getting re- released outside the United States and maybe only on, you know, video, but again, and that's something where I think it was a film that was shot before, for these guys, you know, hit it big. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a, I don't know, I think there were accusations that they wanted that project buried because it just would not be good for their careers at that point. So there, there are often these films that you know are there, but just uh, I don't know, sort of cast off into the shadows. Yeah, hidden funny. off, and that may be the case of what what happens with the banker here, which is a shame because of such, you know, it's it's not like there's. I would say, well, it'd be interesting to see if we get any statements from Anthony Mackie or or Samuel Jackson about about this or what position they may, they may take on this, or if they just uh, it's in their best interest to remain silent and say, well, it's a project I worked on, I got paid to do, and they're going to just move on from there. Yeah, that, it will be uh, interesting to see as the next round of kind of Marvel movies drops if those if those guys say, wait, the banker what now was I in that? <laughs> that was. I'm sure you're talking about some other something else. Yes. Sam Gold. <laughs> Or Sam Goldwyn. <laughs> Goodness. Anyway, Sam Jackson. So um, uh, that's uh, uh, that's the banker. That's the story of the banker. And I think we should do trailers. Are we going to do trailers? Okay. I, I, you, why, I, are you, I, why are you so dour on that? Because we do it every Saturday, are Steve. No, we should. You know what we should do? We Let's should shake it up. We should. We should yeah. <laughs> Let's let's you and I re-rank 2001, Pete. Let's do that. 2000 what now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> New phone. Who this? <laughs> right. So I'm up first on this yes. one. This is... <sighs> so I, I got excited about this trailer. And I started looking into IMDb and all that. And it, it's what I, I feared. But I am calling this my sort of... Uh, 
what is it, Nan- NaNoWriMo, right? <laughs> NaNoWriMo, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, film, because this is a film called The Wolf Hour with Naomi Watts, and it's a story of a, a writer who has cut herself for, off from the outside world, and she's sort of confined to this apartment in uh, the Bronx during the whole Son of Sam, you know, blackouts and all of that. So it's... Uh, what works for uh, you know independent film of you got a very simple you know setting single apartment and everything that's going on uh, with her there's there's a mysterious I don't know person buzzing her, you know her that, that isn't responding sort of maybe trying to terrorize her frighten her uh, so a little bit of a mystery thriller here uh, from writer director Alastair Banks Griffin uh, but this is one of these films where you know Naomi Watts is going to carry this film and I think uh, I I don't know what's gone on with her career Uh but I've always been impressed with her work and enjoyed, you know, a lot of the things she's done. But it seems like she's sort of hit a, a stumble lately. And I don't know this is going to be the thing that brings her career out of it. But it's something that I think is a, a great pick for a trailer rewind. Um, I, it, releasing December 6th. And I'm assuming this is going to be straight to, you know, digital release on this. But based on some of the reviews, it's a it's a bit of a mess, but it's something I'm willing to take a chance on because this is the type of film that I, I really enjoy, uh, really character-focused piece, maybe something that's, you know, messing with your mind a little bit in terms of it, what's real, what's imagined um, with this. So that's the, the Wolf Hour, uh, which the title comes from, this is a Bergman thing. He's got a movie called The Wolf Hour, and I have to have to look it up but the which comes from a phrase and i don't know if he created it called the hour of the wolf which is that uh, it's that time like right before the dawn where your sort of subconscious becomes the most like active and anxious or something mm. like that so yes yeah, so that's the the wolf hour what, what do you think uh, i about this i have one, not Pete? seen uh two gates of sleep from uh, writer director alistair banks griffin i don't know anything about uh, Griffin, the question is, do you believe 768 people who have seen this movie? Uh, because my goodness, Steve, the IMDb rating is a 4.8 on the six star rule. That's you are rolling those dice. You know what? Let me know how it goes. <laughs> we we, we it will. Was, it was funny. It was like this. It was a trailer that was it felt like it was trying to tell me something. It yes. was trying to give me something and something I should like because I'm I'm your nano rhymo uh, bro yeah. right now like <laughs> I'm in it and so I I I just I was rooting for the trailer to come out and tell me something that was going to really hook me and and it didn't quite I'm right with you on Naomi Watts um, you know this is uh, it it feels like a strange um, they don't call it a comeback N- no. So, uh, anyway, so when did you, when did you say it comes out? December 6th. Yeah, December 6th. It's on the way. It's right around the corner. All right. Well, let me, let me tell you about my bit of craziness. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, what, what is going on with this trailer, Steve? I'm talking about the trailer for Antebellum. Uh, is uh, it a trailer? Yeah, Andy will call it a teaser, I think. Look, he called it a teaser, but what they, the people who posted it of at yeah. the studio, call it the full trailer. They call I, it full trailer. Calling something doesn't make it so. If you're the one who <laughs> makes it, doesn't it? I don't know. 
I, I don't know. Does everybody have to get Andy's approval? No, no, no. no. Is that how it works? Okay. <laughs> He's the king of the rules. This is uh, this trailer for uh, An- Antebellum. It is, uh, uh, it's, it, now the trailer starts out and we're like in the Antebellum South and we're, uh, you know, there's some sort of a slave environment. Maybe we've got some shotgun shacks in the back. Uh, we're doing some sharecropping or whatever. It's not, it doesn't look good. Then we move through time. Uh, there, it is definitely definitely a, a story then of slaves and then we're in a hotel <laughs> but no 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 but even before that we've got the slaves being chased and then we get the audio of like a 911 call yes. playing oh, over right, that right, right. so we've yes. got that juxtaposition of well we're hearing this but we're seeing this and i yes. that set a very interesting tone for what may or may not be going on in this story this trailer is amazing and i don't mean necessarily that amazing is good or bad it's just one of those that it opens my mind in a in a, a different way an unexpected way the the way all of these signals of time crisscross i find enormously compelling and i didn't know anything about the story when watching the trailer and i i felt like that i was i was compelled to want to see this i really like janelle monet i would see this for for her i think she's just terrific and talented uh the story though this is the one-liner from antebellum on imdb successful author veronica finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late uh, yeah <laughs> what i mean I, I, okay i'm in it it's another uh writer story and this one uh actually drew me in it it drew me in uh, uh hook line sinker the whole thing uh i'm i'm very excited about it um i don't know let's see what do we know of uh gerard bush and christopher wrens this, this is their the, first First feature length. Everything else is is shorts or shorts. Uh, like yeah, videos or yeah, yeah shorts. This is uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I count. I'm I'm for it. Did you were you drawn in? Oh yeah. I mean, I think that this does exactly what a, a good trailer is going to do, which is to give you the flavor of the film without giving away the story. And this is this. It's because of a lack of trailers like this that I stopped watching trailers because everybody started just unloading. Well, here's the whole movie, so you know what you're getting. This doesn't tell me anything. They they they're teasing enough mm-hmm. on this to give me you know what is it from the producers of Get Out and Us. So it tells me you know a, a little bit about the the genre, I think, and just visually uh, looks you know going to be startling some scares uh and i think the cast is the other piece and that's all i need to know uh i don't need to know anymore that i will be likely in theaters in in april to, to see this and i don't want to know anymore that even and even this you know the storyline doesn't tell us much you know trapped in a horrifying reality i don't know what that means and uncover the mind-bending mystery of of what i don't know but i'm on board for this this will be a, a nice roller coaster ride that i'm looking forward to uh, Pedro Luke is the uh, Luke Luke is the uh, cinematographer behind this, and he also did uh, Don't Breathe and Girl in the Spider's Web, and does some uh, has done some fantastic work. And most importantly, Steve, he's my birthday twin, and uh, so I, I feel. And his name is Pedro. It's like he's like my Uruguayan brother, and I am. I, I so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. He is he is my Andy Nelson to Andy Nelson's Andy Nelson. 
we call you Pedro now? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it's coming out in April, I think. Yeah. Is that what it yeah. says? April That's something? What, yeah. Um, and so we should we should see it. And, and I have a feeling this, like Get Out, uh, is going to, like, it looks scarier than it's going to be. I think it's going to be a twist in your seat kind of a, yes. a parasite experience that um, you're not going to be able to sit still. That's my pitch. You're not going to be able to sit still in this movie, but I don't think it's good. It's it, it's not a horror movie. It's going no, to be a, no. so, a social horror thriller. You're not going to be able to. Exactly. It'll be dis, disquieting. Yes. Uh, so, so, so you I'm, mentioned two things there. You mentioned your birthday. You mentioned Parasite. So I know that was one of your sort of birthday binges. What what else did yeah. you do on your birthday binge besides Parasite? I'm uh, Steve. I tried so hard to see Ford versus Ferrari. My birthday falling in the middle of the week doesn't <laughs> oh. do me good uh, for um, any good for actually seeing multiple movies in a day when they're long movies. Nothing started before noon and oh. I had a family dinner to make it to. Uh, and so I actually stood in the opening credits of Ford versus Ferrari after Parasite. And um, but they just kept coming. The credits, the movie wouldn't start. And I'm like watching my watch, like down to the minute. If the movie starts right now, I could actually make it and get home in time, and I couldn't couldn't make it. So I drove to another theater, and I was ten minutes late. The movie had already started, so I did not see Ford vs. Ferrari, but I did see Parasite. Okay. My goodness, exceptional film! I wish we could have gotten our ducks in a row to do a show on that. We, we've got yeah. to bring it at some point uh, to the show because I was so in love with that movie and uh then i came home and i watched a bunch of episodes of jack ryan uh season two <laughs> okay yeah no nothing and, against that it's just not a it's not not what you normally get when you is, do your birthday binge. no yeah. I, I was it, this wednesday birthday yeah. thing is for the birds i'm yeah. done i need a weekend okay. i need movies that start at 9 a.m sharp yeah. yeah one theater just let me just Three movies in a row. That's what I want. Exactly. Anyway, maybe I just got to come back to Phoenix for those kinds of marathons. All right. Should we do uh, lists? Do, do we? Do we have. Oh yes, we Let's do bang have a out list some to dummies. Do you have a? Do you have a list of dummies? <laughs> I, do have a, I do have a list of dummies. We're this doing was... the. This is based on the jerk, uh, which we've started as our Steve Martin series. It was fun to talk about, and uh, and so we 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 had a list of three subjects that people could have have chosen rags to riches stories or movies that take place principally in a gas station uh those didn't take everybody wanted to see favorite dummies so uh this was uh, there are so many good dummies did we i think we dropped the ball on the list a little bit because as i was listening to the the early release version of the jerk i think andy mentioned something about oh yeah when we do the list we should make sure that this is on there I don't and remember I like, what that was. I, I edited the show. I, I took part in it. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I don't remember either, but I thought, oh, well, that should have gotten written down somewhere because we didn't put it on our list <laughs> and seen that Rags to Riches received no votes at all because everything starts off with one vote as it's added to the list. Yeah. Rags to Riches had basically no votes. And then the overwhelming majority on our favorite dumb characters in movies, which I'm always, you know, we get into comedy in that you know, is a touchy subject for some people because some some people like a certain type of comedy and some people like Ray do not like movies like Booksmart. And I do not hold it against him. No. I just know that that's not his style of comedy. And that's, that's right. I'm willing to accept that. Some people yeah. like 2001. 
Other people see it for what it is. I'm just saying. Oh, that's not a comedy. I'm talking comedy. <laughs> comedy is you know very if taste. I can't no. if I can't troll through people's disdain for my own taste. Yes. What can All I right. do, Steve? I don't know. All right. If I'm not laughing, I'd be crying. What's your first? <laughs> oh, where do I start? Do I start with something that's going to be a steal? Because I, I have a feeling, but uh, this is. I'm going to start with a guilty pleasure of mine. That is what I'm going to right. start with. You should. And, and I, there aren't I, they all kind of guilty pleasures. And I have. I only have one on my list that's not a straight up guilty pleasure. <laughs> and this, and I, I struggled because I thought, are, are these characters dummies? What, what are they? But I love Jesse and Chester. And yes, they are stoners. But it's not just the fact that they're stoners that makes them dumb. They're just dumb to start with. If you take if you take the pot out of the equation, they're still dumb, and they just wake up the next morning and can't remember where they parked their car in two thousand. <laughs> Dude, where's my car? I I love this movie so much; it makes me laugh all the time. And I, it's is it stupid? Yes, it is. But I love these guys. Ashton Kutcher did a great job. Sean William Scott, the two of them. Uh, you know, this is. 2000 this is jennifer jennifer garner before i think alias took off i think that was maybe a year or two later um oh my god there's so many fun things as they just it's like a buddy movie road trip movie but they're in just in within town and constantly have it's very episodic in its structure of encountering different characters and learning about what happened to them the night before and i think one of the pleasant surprises uh if i'm if I'm correct, because it's been a long time since I've I've seen it, and I have to check the credits, but I think we have a cameo from uh why can't I think of the actor's name? Data from Star Trek Next Generation mm -hmm. is in this as well. Uh Brent. Uh Brent Spiner, and, right. Brent Spiner. Uh oh, we also have Christy Swanson in here. It's just uh, so much fun. I don't know. You have seen the dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> It's been a long time ago. It's been a long time. It, when it came out, I saw it, and uh, you're, you're right. It's it's funny. Uh, yeah. It's it, and and maybe it should have been higher on my list here because I I I am also a fan of stoner comedies. Um, although interestingly, none of my picks are stoner comedies. Okay, I open uh, <laughs> I open with a quote. If you if you'll indulge me, all right. People seem to like me because I'm polite and I am rarely late. I like to eat ice cream, and I really enjoy a nice pair of slacks. Years later, a doctor will tell me that I have an IQ of 48, and I am what some people call mentally retarded. Do you <laughs> it's know been it a long that? time since I've seen it, and I only know that now because as I was doing my research, I was looking at clips, and I saw that, and yes, that is a good one. <laughs> Sorry, champ. I think I ate your chocolate squirrel. <laughs> I'm talking about the uh, oh. legendary Brick Tamland from Anchorman in a movie where many characters are dummies. Uh, Brick Tamland, I just, Steve Carell's performance of Brick Tamland, I think is just amazing. For a guy who could go from this, like really leveraging some of his characters from The Daily Show to what he is doing with his career now. I mean, I just watching him on the morning show, it's a, it's a, the range of this guy is it's it's a fantastic. I mean, he's become just one of those legendary uh, performers, and and uh, I, I really enjoy his work. This is uh, Brick Tamlin for me is very high on my list of favorite dummies uh, in in a movie that I have to admit I quite enjoy. 
it's it's been a while since I've seen the Anchorman. So I I did try watching the second one, could not make it through it, but I do need to revisit this one. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna get a little bit more serious with my with my second one. Um, and I I it's the first one that came to mind, and I thought, well, is he really a a, a dummy? Uh, yes. I, again, I'm sort of in the stoner realm, but I think it's a guy who just is trying to figure out his place in life. I mean, he lives in his basement. Uh, he's got a room in his basement of his mom's house, and he's he's sort of a slacker, but he just has trouble getting his life together. And this movie really surprised me. And I, Andy might say I'm stretching the rules a little bit, but for somebody, to have a movie where somebody's can't get their life together, meanders through life, um, and this just is one day in the life of Jeff. Who Lives at Home from 2011's Jeff Who Lives at Home from the Duplass Brothers. With I have not seen that movie. Jason Siegel, Ed Helms, Susan Sarandon, Judy Greer. Uh, it is a really magical movie looking at a character that would normally be the, I guess, the comic relief and sort of following him and his quest. And he just stumbles through his life, uh, but has some interesting experiences. And this is one that is a comedy, but it's got a heart to it um, that I I really highly recommend uh, checking out because it really surprised me uh, with this one. So that's wow. that's my second dummy, Jeff, who lives at home. I'm adding it to the list. I can't yeah. believe I haven't seen that big fan of the Duplass Brothers. So yeah, uh, okay. I'm going to start with another quote, and this okay. one's political in nature. Okay, let's see what you got. Let's see what you can bring to the table here, Steve. Okay. Oh, you English are so superior, aren't you? Well, yes. would you like to know where you'd be without you, the, us, the good old U.S. of A to protect you? I'll tell you, the smallest effing province in the Russian Empire, that's where. So don't call me stupid, just thank me. I don't know. If you think that the Gettysburg address is where Lincoln lived, right. yeah. <laughs> I am talking about the fantastic uh, Otto West in A Fish Called Wanda. This is uh, one of my very favorite comedies of all time. And uh, it just, it's, it absolutely holds up today. Uh, I could watch this any given day. Can't, I watch it with my kids. They love it. It's hysterical. And uh, yeah, that's A Fish Called Wanda. Kevin Klein. he's one of my very favorite dummies. Because he's a dummy that, like, can get by in the world, right? Like, yeah. he can, he's polished, and, like, oh, so yeah. he, he's, but he's such a, he's the consummate pretender. It's a That's very right. special kind of dummy, and, and, uh, uh, so, Kevin Klein, Auto West, Fish Called Wanda. Did you guys talk about that one on the show? No. You have not talked about that? Because I was like, oh, I'll take that. No, they must have done they must have done that on a list somewhere because it deserves to be on a list that you guys have kind of. All right. Well, fine. I will reveal my final film. You're throwing quotes around, so I might as well You gotta do it. Yeah. I gotta do a quote. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not. I don't know what that is. <laughs> The only one? The only one what? Have I seen this movie? Are you... I don't, I don't are you... Know. T- is this I, it? Have you seen Dinner for Schmucks with Steve Carell and Paul Rudd? <gasps> yes. Oh, my God. And it's very timely. I can't tell you why. Oh, 
outstanding. Why? Because, <laughs> because I, I am ashamed that I can't place it. You're, you're making little mouse dioramas. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so when he said dummies, I mean this this was there because it's not. I mean it's it's full of them. Yeah. Uh, of, of just ridiculous. Now I. I think I may have used this on a list or I may have mentioned it on Discord because I think Nick Langdon asked if I'd seen the original French film and I have not gotten around to seeing that yet. But I did check and saw that it is available through Hoopla, so I may have to check it out this weekend. But just an amazing cast. Steve Carell, Paul Rudd, Zach Galifianakis, uh, Ron Livingston, Larry Wilmore, uh, just Nick Kroll. And the whole concept yeah. of just a group that says hey we, we're gonna have dinner you need to bring bring your favorite idiot to this um and just the the range of wackiness that ensues is just brilliant i don't know why it is only a 5.9 on imdb because i think <laughs> it, it deserves be to higher. be much much higher it is ridiculous just the entire <laughs> mind control versus brain control battle is uh just genius so yeah one that i I don't even say guilty pleasure because I full on just love this film so much. Uh, yeah, go check it out if you haven't seen it. it. Again, it may not be your style of comedy. All right, dinner for schmucks. Yep. All right, where are we going, Pete? What's your your top your top dummy? Bring bring him to the dinner. Who well, you got? I this was hard. Um, this was this was really hard because my favorite dummy. Uh, has amassed 251 credits, acting credits. Uh, and he plays a dummy in almost all of them. <laughs> That's, that may be too generous. Uh, but I have to tell you, Steve, when I see five weirdos dressed in togas stabbing a guy in the middle of a park in full view of 100 people, I shoot the bastards. That's my policy. <laughs> That's right. I'm talking about the inimitable Leslie Nielsen as Frank Drebin. I could have chosen any number of uh, uh, of films where he is again that that pretender dummy, the guy who can right. get by in the world, and somehow he's failed up uh, consistently to police detective. But everything he says is just oh ridiculous gosh. in a world of people who look at him askance around every corner. Uh, but the Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad is one of those just trans transcendent comedies for me and uh i i can't get enough of it so frank drevin that's, that's another that yes yes i agree actually right around i want to say it must have been around halloween because i saw that all three of them are available on hulu and i was like hey <laughs> with my daughter i'm like you don't want to do a scary movie? or No, I think we had just watched uh, Evil Dead 2, and I said, I think we need to lighten the mood around the house. How about this? And it, it starts, and she's like, is that O.J. Simpson? How is this a comedy? <laughs> this I, exists? And I thought, yeah, okay. It is very much of its time in the 90s. <laughs> and she just looked, looked at me and sort of rolled her eyes and was like, no, this is... <laughs> yes, it's dumb. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's I yeah. loved these movies because they're, I yes, I just, <sighs> yes. So, uh, so good. Thank you. Because that was, that was, that was one of my backups along with, you know, Derek Zoolander. Those were my two sort of backups. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. No, you fools. <laughs> if they can't even get into the building, how can they expect them to learn to read? <laughs> yes. 
Oh, so many good dummies. Yeah. Oh, so many good dummies. This is a great list, and I need to get back into watching some dummies. Uh, but the real question <laughs> is, Steve, what do we do now? I don't know. The next you, movie got, on our list yeah, in our... I have not seen. Really? Oh, that's no. not helpful. <laughs> The next movie on our list is Pennies from Heaven. It yeah. is. Do you know the conceit of Pennies from Heaven? You've never seen it, but have you heard about it? You know, kind of what the thing uh, I, is. Yeah, I know bits and pieces. Yeah. Let me tell you what it's not. As a Steve Martin movie, it's not yeah. funny. It's not. Well, yes. Uh, it's it's not right. funny. And occasionally, they break into song and end up right. doing these incredible numbers, these beautiful musical numbers, lip syncing the original old timey music, mm-hmm. and it's a conceit that some of us had trouble with (laughs) Uh, some of us had less trouble with it but it is so it's black and white it is um it's a a period drama musical with lip-syncing musical numbers um and so i'll where do we where do we go from there what can you build a list out of that is it is there a so it's a love story. Is there is there a mystery in this? Or no, it's not. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, it's, it, I guess it's I guess it's because of the air. I always thought it was sort of like combining musical with sort of the noir detective story from the yeah, 40s. No, we we don't no. have much of there is. I, I will say yeah. there is in the third act. They drop a, a kind of mystery and that kind of puts our our hero who's not a hero kind of a way. The entire movie is really propelled by uh, Steve Martin's character's drive for sex. He wants to have a lot of sex and he ends up lying to people and destroying (laughs) relationships in song. And um, yeah, yeah, Uh, it's that movie. We could do um, movies in which, once again, Bernadette Peters, who is an incredible singer, is not singing. (laughs) Um, oh. and, and the end, there is a murder and, uh, it's a, a murder that comes out of nowhere. And some of us think it comes out of nowhere oh, and, okay. uh, then it's resolved and, um, that's it. It's a downer. Yeah. It's got a lot going. I was, this is one of those movies I was rooting for. Like it's clever and yeah. it's got, it. it's, it, but, um, but it's it's tough it's just, because it's it's really unique. It's a really unique film, and so it's tough to build a list of other movies that have that okay, share well, characteristics with it. Well, so do we? Is this where we? Ta- is this the appropriate time to tackle sort of comedians taking on dramatic roles? I think it absolutely is because you you know you expect and I there's enough out there. Uh, I think we're you know someone that's known for comedy makes that transition uh whether successfully or not but i think often they, they try that on and see can i tackle something serious so this seems appropriate yep um for that uh so our main character is not so what like unlikable heroes definitely yeah unlikable protagonist for sure unlikable protagonist all right got it that's a good one and um uh, with my IMDb plot lip lip syncing musical. Oh, I was going to say lipstick on nipples is part of the uh <laughs> Well, Steve, I'm not going to lie to you. That's in this movie. Well, I know it says it right there in the IMDb plot keywords. So, you they, know. I feel like they sort of gave away the punchline. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> uh lip syncing musicals. Uh so what? 
mu- so musicals where they're not actually singing. That's how do you that's know gonna, when that's I happening? I'm not yes. making stuff up. Uh, but I guess with. Uh, I mean, I think the musical aspect is something that's important to this. So it's, but what makes this different from other type of conventional musicals? Is it's, it, it's are, the is lip syncing part? Is it the lip syncing, or is it? So, it, so it is a musical. It's not like it's a musical that he's imagining in his head. It's actual. It's, it's definitely plot. got that sort of Walter Mitty esque kind of notion okay. to it where when the singing happens he and he acknowledges from time to time that he's pretending that it's a pretend thing in his head okay. um, that that he goes down this road and and in some some of the bigger sequences right i mean he's he's doing a duet with a bank manager and the bank manager is singing is singing like the betty boop part of okay. this period song yeah. so it's definitely that that part of fantastical kind of emotional reverie Okay. Um, so why, what do you think? What do you, what do you have in mind? Well, no, I was thinking about that, you know, where parts of the story are, I don't know, the fantasy of a character. Uh, How about that? You know, we do yeah. uh, Walter Mitty stories. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. And if Andy had any ideas, well, he, then he should have sent them to us so we could have represented them <laughs> So here. that we could have ignored them later. Yes. <laughs> That's what you get for having a family things you need to do mr That's nelson right That's i know he right. really really wanted to be here we really we, tried to make it happen for him we did yeah. and and we're gonna it looks like we're gonna be trying to move some things around when we record this very yes. show so that we can we can have a little bit more consistent participation from right. uh, all of us meeting andy uh, going forward so uh that will be coming soon as we learn more about his schedule and things so there we go all right uh good show steve Good, now, Pete, good, don't forget to talk. post that. Don't forget to post that poll. That was totally on me. I own that. I, I know. It's true. I'm just this. This is your helpful reminder. I appreciate. Don't forget it. to, to I will post do that. that. And and then for everybody out there that's our our uh, Patreon supporters, uh, we're doing a film board tonight, right? Yes, so we are, and we will be live streaming that one. It'll be uh, when do we? We'll meet in the lobby. What time do we meet in the lobby? Is that seven thirty? Yeah, in Discord. Seven thirty. Seven thirty. Which time zone? In seven uh, thirty. That's. U.S. Pacific, so Pacific, yes. I think that's what was published. So, uh, okay, so that will be there, and then we'll do the uh, we'll live stream the show uh, as usual. Look for the note in the concessionaire chat, Uh, and uh, if you you know if you're so interested, I'm still dropping shirts and stickers and stuff up on our uh, T Public store, and you can get the uh, the OK Cinema before it goes away. Uh, you can get the Auteur Theory uh, uh, stuff. I've been, I wore my Auteur Theory uh, t-shirt to the movie the other day. I actually got a comment on it. Thanks oh, about the Tarantinti? The Tarantinti, uh, <laughs> which is one of my favorite things. Uh, so uh, check that out, uh, because right now, as we are doing this, there's a massive, there kinds of sales. You got, we don't have any control over pricing at Public. It just is what it is. And they are doing, this is, we're in the middle of the pre-Black Friday sale. Oh. Which leads to the Black Friday sale, which leads to the Cyber Monday sale. This is a, the, the like, Pretty much for the week, you can get massive, big old discounts on all of the merch. Uh, so if you're in, if you've ever thought, hey, I would like to get stickers to put on stuff, you should do it. And now would be a great time. Yes. So thanks, everybody, for uh, supporting the show, for being a part of the Patreon community. Love, uh, love what you do. And Say goodbye, say- live stream. 
Goodbye from the Hondolorian. I was hoping you'd do that. I need a, I need the Hondolorian sketch so I could put that on a shirt. It's gonna be it's gonna be the Mandalorian helmet with glasses on. <laughs> no, the, the the it's the bucket heads. It's the bucket heads. That's, right. it, 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 that's the yes. whole outfit. But we're gonna add the antenna thing sticking up. Yes. Right. <laughs> there we go. So I I live for that. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.